Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Sex, part seven. So what can we learn about sex from the scripture? Well, I think we can learn enough to bless our marriage, to say the least. Remember, God created sex. He created anatomy to not just procreate, but to create physical stimulation used to create that oneness between a husband and wife. But really, sex is a secondary issue within a marriage. The primary relationship is with each spouse's relationship to God. That's the primary one. If both spouses are connected to God through faith, that's the optimal, that's the best. When both are living in a way that pleases God and His love is in each of them, like we talked about in Romans 5, 5, that love that's poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. When that's happening, then sex becomes tied in with not just the physical and emotional, but also the spiritual. So there's a completeness. As we are a body, soul, and a spirit, all three of those things are connected with God, and all three of those things are involved in the sexual relationship. That's where you get that supernatural blessing from, which, quite honestly, I think very few people, even believers, experience. They don't understand what it means to be truly blessed by God with that relationship with Him, where that connection is with Him. Some do, totally. I met lots of people throughout my life, and you just see it in them. They get it. So sex Sex is good. It's supposed to be good because that's the way God created it to be. And in the scriptures, for example, in Genesis 26, Isaac, who learned from his father Abraham that when you travel into a foreign country and you've got a hot wife, you better tell the people she's your sister, otherwise they're going to kill you. And so he does. And there's a king named Abimelech that ends up taking Rebekah, Isaac's wife, into his harem, which doesn't mean that he actually had sex with her at this point. It meant she was just in this pool of women that were the kings, basically. And so there's a story there where, where King Abimelech looks out a window and he sees Rebekah and Isaac behaving in a way that it is obvious to the king that they're married and they're not brother and sister. This brings up another point. It's kind of funny. I'm going to give you three different translations of that verse. Now, one thing about a translation, the Old Testament was written primarily in Hebrew. And to get Hebrew into English, you have to translate it. Well, we've been translating scriptures for ever. And back in the 1600s, King James from England, he wanted a good Bible. He wanted to produce the best Bible. And so using material from other writers prior to him, he managed to do that through this group of scholars that got together and produced the King James Bible. And it was a masterpiece. It's in the 1600s that it was written. Therefore, the language is Shakespearean. You have all of these and the thous and all that kind of stuff, but it's a good translation. And then as time went on, those words got old. Some of them were not used a lot. As a result, another translation came out and so on and so forth. So we have a lot of different translations. But the first translation I want to share with you is, is from the King James Version, Genesis 26, 8. And it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. And that word sporting is the key word there. What does sporting mean? We don't use that word sporting that much. Another translation says, When he had been there a long time, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out the window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife. Okay, sporting, laughing, right? So another version that I don't put a lot of trust in the accuracy, but it's kind of funny. When Isaac had been there for some time, King Abimelech looked down from his window and saw Isaac and Rebekah making love. I don't think that the original word means making love, but it's interesting that that word, it, it does mean laughing, but it's, you know, what is laughing? There's a lot of different types of laughing. You can be busting up laughing, or you can be snickering, you know, that kind of stuff. 
But it's also the same word that's used back in Exodus. In Exodus 32, 6, it says, And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. And that word play is the same word that they use in this other verse for laughing. And it was enough to cause a big problem with the Israelites. So that word play, sporting, laughing, you kind of get the idea that there is some physical affection, some marital type of activity going on there. And there's nothing condemning that. That's cool. Isaac was having fun with his wife. And that's the way it should be. You should be able to sport with your wife. You should be able to laugh in that way. In Proverbs 5.18, it says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Okay, that's in the Bible. We're supposed to let our wives' breast fill us at all times with delight. There's a physical connection there between a man and a woman. It's not this cold thing that I think a lot of people have made it out to be in the church throughout history. You know, that it's this forbidden thing. It's like, wait a minute, man. Between a man and a wife? You know, there's a lot of freedom there, especially when they're loving the Lord. In the book of Song of Solomon, for example, that whole book is a dialogue between a bride and her husband and some other people, but there is a love relationship being expressed there that's really interesting. Chapter 7, verse 1, it says, How beautiful are your feet in sandals, O noble daughter! Your rounded thighs are like jewels, a work of a master's hand. Your navel is a rounded bowl that never lacks mixed wine. Your belly is a heap of wheat encircled with lilies. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. And it goes on there with this description of this woman being compared to things that are very beautiful. And that's in the Bible. It's not something that is forbidden by any means. So in the scriptures, you find a lot of support for this physical intimacy being full of passion, being full of laughter, being full of joy, being full full of delight, intoxicated by her love, you know, that kind of language. And if it's in the scriptures and it's endorsing this, then you can ask God, say, I want this. I want this kind of relationship where I can do these things or have these experiences in my marriage. And God will give you the delight of your heart if you filter everything through what I call the Jesus filter. Would God approve of it? Well, would he approve of you gazing upon your wife and commenting on her body, as long as it's appropriate and edifying, and as long as you're not being critical of her or embarrassing her. You know, and for wives, when your husband is doing these things, it's not that he's a weirdo, he's just delighting in his wife. And understanding these things can help really shape a very healthy and productive intimacy that is beautiful and that pleases God and that blesses both the husband and the wife. So yeah, the scriptures talk about sex being good marriage being fun, marriage being delightful, the physical part of it, the body being good. And anytime you look at the scriptures and say, well, it's full of thou shalt not. Yeah, it is. Thou shalt not be an idiot and ruin your life. That's not in there, but but there's a lot of thou shalls that are good. And one thing to consider, the communication between a husband and a wife, expressing yourselves and telling each other how you feel, why you feel this way, it really helps. And even though, guys, I know it's hard, it's hard to express ourselves and it's hard to listen to our wives when they're expressing themselves because we're just like, I don't get it. Well, you need to get it. And you need to tell your wife 
This is how I operate because men are different. All men aren't the same and all women aren't the same either. You at least have the scriptures to give this type of foundation. You may not ever want to do these things. You may not ever want to say these things or be poetic in this manner or be romantic or whatever, but you have this here. It's available and you can employ this into your marriage and pray that God would bless your marriage and look at how this was applied and be very sensitive to your spouse, because it may come off a completely different way. So remember, your sexual relationship, the relationship between you and God is first, then you and your spouse. And that relationship is supposed to please God. And you please God when you do what's honorable before Him. And what's honorable before Him is you bless your spouse in the way that they feel blessed, not the way that you feel blessed. That's their job is to bless you in the way you feel blessed. But you got to talk about it and you got to let them know, I like this. I don't like this. Oh, okay. Well, now that I know that, you know, instead of throwing your little fits and things and your spouse is left going, "Uh, why are they like that? Well, just tell them this is what's going on. Some people like this. Some people don't like that. And you got to understand there's not a list of things that you can and cannot do in the physical intimacy relationship. There's nothing in scripture that You can do this and you can't do that. You got to filter everything through Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Is this okay? Is this not okay? And then you stick with the things that are okay. You humble yourself before God. You love the Lord. You love your spouse. And then sex becomes what it was made to be. Good. Thank you.